Hello, I'm Maria Titizian and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of September 17. In the news, Armenia files a claim against Azerbaijan at the International Court of Justice. Azerbaijan sets up a police checkpoint on the Gorizgapan Highway and charges road tax from Iranian truck drivers. U.S. Ambassador to Armenia says the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict is not resolved. Armenia has submitted an application instituting proceedings and a request for provisional measures against Azerbaijan to the International Court of Justice. The claim notes that Azerbaijan has violated the International Convention on the Elimination of All Forms of Racial Discrimination towards Ethnic Armenians. This is the first case presented to the court with the participation of either Armenia or Azerbaijan. The application states that Azerbaijan has subjected Armenians to racial discrimination for decades, and as a result of the state-sponsored policy of hatred, Armenians have been subjected to systemic discrimination, mass killings, torture, and other abuse. Azerbaijan's actions during the war are also included in Armenia's application. The application states that Azerbaijan continues to torture, kill, and humiliate Armenians. Azerbaijan's foreign ministry responded by saying that they will defend themselves at the court and will file a counterclaim against Armenia in, quote, a few days. The situation in Armenia's Sunik region continues to remain tense. On September 11, it was reported that Azerbaijan had set up a police checkpoint on the Gorizgapan Highway. As a reminder, part of that highway now goes through territories under Azerbaijani control. The following day, Azerbaijan's defense minister informed the Russian defense ministry and the command of the Russian peacekeeping forces, complaining that foreign vehicles are crossing into the territory of Azerbaijan, where Russian peacekeeping forces are located. Azerbaijan claimed that this violated the clauses of the November 9, 2020 trilateral agreement, as foreigners and their vehicles cannot enter the territory of Azerbaijan without Baku's consent. They asked the Russian side to prevent such incidents. Now, these complaints have to do uh, with uh, Iranian trucks. The following day, on September 12, Armenia's National Security Service announced that starting at noon, Azerbaijani police were checking the documents of Iranian truck drivers. The border guards of Armenia's National Security Service and uh, Russian peacekeepers were working to mitigate the situation. The next day, reports came in from Sunik that Azerbaijani police officers were demanding payment anywhere from $130 to $300 from the Iranian truck drivers for crossing over their territory. The Azerbaijanis also put up large signs near Garmaragar and Vorodan, which read, you are entering the territory of Azerbaijan in three languages. Later, Baku confirmed that they are charging a road tax from vehicles crossing over their territory. Azerbaijan State Customs Committee noted that their customs authorities are enforcing compliance with legislation throughout the country. And on September 15, Azerbaijani police arrested two Iranian truck drivers. A day earlier, on September 14, the deputy mayor of Goris reported that Azerbaijani police were checking Iranian buses as well. He also noted uh, or stated that Iranian drivers are complaining about the situation and that this new Azerbaijani police checkpoint was causing traffic jams and huge delays on the Gorizkapan highway. Asked to comment on the situation, uh, the Iranian embassy in Yerevan stated that Iran is closely following the situation concerning Iranian truck drivers and also went on to say that Iran prioritizes relations with its neighbors and will pursue to facilitate trade with all its neighbors, including Armenia. 
During a parliament session this week, Armenia's Prime Minister Pashinyan noted that in December 2020, Armenian armed forces retreated to the border of Soviet Armenia to avoid another military escalation. He added that at that time, it was agreed that Armenian vehicles would have free access to the roads that went through Azerbaijan's control. However, at the time, the issue of foreign vehicles traveling on that part of the highway was not discussed. Pashinyan stated that Azerbaijan's current actions are probably a response to Armenia's claims that there is no talk about a corridor linking Azerbaijan's western territories to Nakhichevan in the trilateral agreement. The special representative of the Russian Foreign Ministry, Maria Zakharova, announced today that Russia is closely following the events taking place at the Armenian-Azerbaijani border. She stated that these events prove once again that demarcation and delimitation processes must start as soon as possible. Zakharova added that Russia has presented a delimitation and demarcation package to Armenia and Azerbaijan and is awaiting their responses. When asked to comment on Zakharova's announcement, Armenia's Deputy Prime Minister Mihail Grigorian noted that in his opinion, some demarcation and delimitation processes have to start. Armenia's human rights defender Arman Tatoyan dispatched a fact-finding mission to Sunik, after which he issued a report regarding numerous human rights violations taking place on the Goriskapan Highway. The Azerbaijani side has installed not only the checkpoint, but 10 cameras placed in the vicinity of its uh, new patrol. Eight of the 10 cameras are positioned in such a way as to be able to record all vehicles, including civilian traffic, that passes that part of the road. The cameras are recording the license plate numbers of the vehicles, the number of passengers, the faces of the drivers, and other passengers. Cars are obligated to travel at a low speed near the checkpoint because of road barriers placed by Azerbaijan. This recording and collection of personal information is in violation of international rules, according to Tatoyan. The ombudsman also mentioned that there are at least four masked armed servicemen at the police checkpoint and that it is unacceptable to terrorize travelers, most of whom are civilians, on the road which connects several Armenian communities. The fact that these officers are masked creates risks of them committing illegal acts and not being held accountable, Tatoyan said, adding that the road barriers set up by Azerbaijan also violate people's right to free movement. Regarding the situation with the Iranian truck drivers, Tatoyan said that the actions of the Azerbaijani police, that is stopping and demanding a road tax from these Iranian drivers, is unlawful. In fact, he went on to note that all the actions of Azerbaijani officers are mass violations of human rights. The countries have not yet conducted a delimitation and demarcation of the border, which means that the presence of Azerbaijani soldiers between the communities in Sunik is unlawful, Tatoyan said. Hence, the Azerbaijani police checkpoint, the barriers, and Azerbaijani soldiers must be removed. The Office of the Human Rights Defender has reported the situation to the United Nations, the OSCE, the Council of Europe, and other international organizations. Amid the tense situation on the Goriskapan Highway, U.S. Ambassador to Armenia Lynn Tracy announced on September 11 that the U.S. does not consider the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict to be resolved and that it will remain on the agenda of the OSCE Minsk Group. She stated that the U.S. is doing everything it can to return Armenia and Azerbaijan to the negotiation table to seek a peaceful resolution to the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict within the framework of the Minsk Group. 
The ambassador took note of the fact that the Armenian government has made its position clear. That is, there can be no new large-scale negotiations until the issue of the POWs is resolved. The ambassador said that they are trying to resolve this issue along with their Russian counterparts and that there has been some success. Tracy expressed hope that it will be possible to reach a point when all Armenian POWs have been returned. Azerbaijan's Ministry of Foreign Affairs responded to Lynn Tracy's comments, calling them unacceptable. Azerbaijan's Foreign Ministry rep announced that the conflict is in the past and that Azerbaijan has ensured its territorial integrity. It was also noted that on July 7, 2021, by the decree of Azerbaijan's president, the economic regions of eastern Zankesur and Karabakh were created, which are an inseparable part of Azerbaijan and there can be no talk about status. Armenia's investigative committee announced on September 14 that Arsen Ghazaryan, the commander of the unit of soldiers who were taken hostage in Khedapert by Azerbaijani forces, has been arrested. The commander was arrested on charges of improper fulfillment of duties, resulting in 62 soldiers being taken hostage for leaving his post and for disobeying orders, among other charges. Last week, Ghazaryan's lawyer stated that Ghazaryan and 38 other soldiers were positioned near the villages around Khedabert, while 62 other soldiers were positioned higher up and that the communication between them had been lost. When Azerbaijani forces attacked them on December 13, 2020, Ghazaryan did not have the means to warn neither his superior nor the 62 soldiers. According to his lawyer, Ghazaryan and high-ranking military officers negotiated with the Azerbaijani side. Those negotiations did not yield any results, and the 38 soldiers had to retreat, while the 62 soldiers were taken hostage by Azerbaijan. On September 13, Armenia's Ministry of Defense announced that a soldier had been killed. According to preliminary information, the incident took place in violation of military service rules. Another soldier was wounded in the incident. A criminal lawsuit was filed and a soldier has been arrested in connection with the incident. The investigation is underway. The former head of Armenia's investigative committee, Sasun Khachadurian, has been appointed chairman of Armenia's anti-corruption committee. Khachadurian announced that the committee will start operating in approximately one month at the latest, but not in full capacity. At first, only 20 investigators will be appointed. The committee will start operating uh, in full capacity in the beginning of 2022. There will be regional branches as well. The U.S. government will allocate 9.5 million U.S. dollars for the fight against corruption in Armenia through the USAID Armenia Integrity Project. The aim of the project is to reduce opportunities for corruption and reinforce public demand for improved governance and accountability in Armenia. Opposition Parliament member Haik Mamijanyan stated during this week's Parliament's uh, Q&A session that the All-Armenia Fund allocated over 100 million U.S. dollars to the Armenian government from funds it had raised during the war. On March 5, it was announced that an audit would be carried out of the Himna Trump's uh, finances and that the results would be shared with the public. Mamijanya noted that the report should have been published in April, but it wasn't. He asked the government to clarify what had happened to that report. In response to Mamijanyan's uh, question, Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan noted that he's not sure whether the report was published or not, but he has been informed that the audit was conducted and no issues or violations were discovered. 
Mamijanian stated that the government had announced that the funds were spent for military purposes. Pashinyan answered that the funds given by the Al-Armenia Fund were not used for military purposes during the 44-day war, but rather to address humanitarian issues that arose because of the war. He added that the Armenian government spent 100 billion Armenian dirhams on humanitarian needs after the war. 52 billion dirhams out of the 100 billion spent by the Armenian government were allocated from the Armenia Fund. That's 100 million U.S. dollars. The rest was provided by uh, the state budget. Um, and again, as a reminder, the All-Armenia Fund collected over 170 million U.S. dollars during the 44 day in Artsakh. And during that same Q&A session, Anna Magurchian from the opposition I Have Honor faction stated that there can be no talk about positive signals coming from Turkey if Azerbaijan is um, you know, continues to hold Armenian POWs and torture them. She cited cases from Arman Tatoyan's report of last week, which we reported on, uh, which outlined the mistreatment of Armenian POWs in Azerbaijan. Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan had announced earlier um, that there, and again, we reported about this last week, that uh, Armenia is receiving positive signals from Turkey uh, for normalizing relations between the two countries. Parliament Speaker Alain Simonian responded to Anna Magarchian's statement, saying that he did not understand why fabricated scenes were brought up in Parliament. Human rights lawyer Nina Garabedians said that calling evidence produced by the human rights defender fabricated can be damaging for Armenia in international disputes with Azerbaijan, especially if such claims are made by high-ranking officials. As Armenia's Independence Day nears, there is still much controversy regarding the scheduled celebrations. Parents and relatives of soldiers killed during the war issued a statement calling the celebration disrespectful towards the victims of the war, especially since people are still searching for their sons and husbands, and while there are still Armenian POWs in Azerbaijani captivity who are being mistreated on a daily basis. Conducting, quote, colorful celebrations at a time like this and announcing that it is dedicated to the memory of the fallen soldiers is an insult for the families and to the memory of the soldiers, the statement read. The government, for its part, has clarified that there will be no fireworks on September 21 and celebrations will consist of a performance of classical music only. And um, just as a reminder, on September 21, it is the 30th anniversary of Armenia's independence. On September 12, Nigol Pashinyan met the EU Special Representative to the South Caucasus and Georgia, Toivo Plar, who was in Yerevan on a regional visit. The sides discussed regional issues, opening communication routes, and emphasized the importance of continuing Armenian-Azerbaijani negotiations within the framework of the OSCE Minsk Group. Arman Tatoyan also met with Toivo Klar and presented violations committed by Azerbaijan. Tatoyan noted during the meeting that it is wrong to regard the border issues only from a political military perspective because in that case human rights are given second priority and their protection becomes even more difficult. Tatoyan also stressed that demarcation will not solve the human rights violations uh, for Armenian citizens if a safety zone is not created where there won't be any Azerbaijani armed soldiers. Before leaving for Baku, Klar visited Yerash, where an Armenian soldier was recently killed by the Azerbaijani military. Klar noted that the visit to Yerash enabled him to form an understanding of just how close the Armenian and Azerbaijani military positions are. He noted that it is important to ease the tension on the border so the mood during negotiations can be improved and the EU is ready to be supportive. 
Artsakh's Minister of Defense, Mikhail Arzumanian, who had been appointed to the position during the 44-day war, has resigned. Gamo Vartanian was appointed as Artsakh's new Minister of Defense and Commander of the Defense Army. Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan was in Tajikistan's capital, Dushanbe, this week to participate in several collective security treaty organization events. Pashinyan announced during the session that as Armenia will assume the chairmanship of CSTO this year, it is proposing to focus on the dynamic development of the organization and on the improvement of different mechanisms such as uh, emergency response. He noted that recent events highlight that the CSDO's emergency response mechanisms must be updated and that there is a need for emergency monitoring, prediction and prevention mechanisms. Pashinyan also met with Tajikistan's president, Imomali Roman. The parties discussed relations between the two countries, prospects for economic cooperations and issues regarding the CSDO. Armenia's Security Council Secretary Armin Grigorian announced that Azerbaijan is refusing to fulfill its responsibilities, pursues disruptive policies, and still holds Armenian POWs during a meeting with his counterparts from the CSTO member states in Dushanbe. And this week, seven bodies of soldiers that were killed during the Artsakh War were found during search operations in territories that are now under Azerbaijani control. And this week, there was tension again at Fizgorodok. Uh, this is a neighborhood, an area next to Yerevan's Physics Institute. The residents of the neighborhood are protesting the construction of a multi-story building in, uh, in the area. They claim that the construction of the building is unlawful, as public land was illegally appropriated. The Yerevan municipality had ordered a halt to all construction until a criminal investigation uh, was completed. On September 10, the residents reported that the construction company was cutting trees trees while the investigation was still ongoing. On September 14, uh, residents blocked the street near Yerevan's municipality, demanding a halt to all construction in their neighborhood. They also wanted to meet with Yerevan's mayor, Haike Marutyan. Uh, there were some scuffles with police. Four people were arrested for not complying with police orders. And finally, COVID-19 infection numbers continue to rise. We keep saying this each week, and each week they are unfortunately rising. This week's daily numbers surpassed 700 cases for the first time since April of this year, and a pregnant woman died due to complications from coronavirus. Starting October 1, employers uh, will have to demand that employees take PCR tests twice a month if they are not vaccinated. Health Minister Anheit Avanesian announced that no one is being forced to get vaccinated. However, different mechanisms are being implemented to prevent the spread of the virus. And as of September 12, a little over 4% of Armenia's population has been fully vaccinated. This week, Armenia received another 25,000 doses of AstraZeneca from France. And that is what the week has been like here in Armenia. Thank you for listening. Have a good weekend, and we will be back again next week. Mm-hmm.